I've never been on television before. <laughs> How to do this? This guest is might be the craziest guest we've ever had. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. In all the ways he means that. <laughs> she, she literally changed my life. Facts. Changed, changed my definitely life. changed Michael's life. I got the Rolex presidential on right now. You know, I got the Rolex on too. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks to Courtney, you know what I'm saying? But literally, she created the power universe. It comes from her mind, everything. Um, and I just want to say thank you for everything yes. you've done for me. And thank you for coming on the show. We are so excited to have you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Uh, and I am really excited. I think this podcast is amazing. I'm a fan of the podcast. Yes, yeah, she was telling us how she watches it and shit. She's been tuned in. I'm like, yeah. Since the beginning. We're doing some, we're doing some good shit. <laughs> if, if Courtney's tuned in and she's watching consistently, I'm you're watching doing something it. good. You're doing yeah. something I don't even want to speak this episode because <laughs> she is literally the smartest human being I've ever talked to, met. And every time she speaks, I'm just like, I, I, I learn. So I can't wait for you guys to get a long-form, you know, interview and, and you know, actually... Listen to Courtney speak. We, she did a little on Power Confidential. I did, and I did uh, some IGs, also right. um, some IG lives. And really, I popped in for, for one of those. Yeah, that's right. You did. <laughs> both of you did. Actually, yeah. you were both guests on it. And then um, I used to do. I get this question a lot, like why I wasn't talking after the show. It's because mm. like Stars was like, nah, people don't want to watch it, and I was like. Who are the people that don't want to watch it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And look at the podcast. Yeah, now. Right. Exactly. Number one. I was like, <laughs> it's fine. One. I, I was like, okay, I'll do it myself. <laughs> right, right. And so like I was doing my IG lives and like I was getting like mad people watching it. And I was like, okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. I, I'm, I'm great with it. I also think people just have so much love for you. Courtney got the most questions. When when yeah. I put up the uh, fan questions, Courtney got the most. I was like scrolling through this morning. I was like, they were there must have been, I literally think. 3,000 questions. Like, I was just scrolling wow. through. It was crazy. How many of them, though, were, why did you kill Ghost? Um, almost half of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I used to, like, get questions before the IG, and I'd be like, okay, no, no, right. no. Right. Yeah, yeah, you got to see what, you gotta, what you're going to answer first. Right, totally. <laughs> so, so I just want to, how did you get into, like, let's just start off, like, career-wise, before power. What was your first job in the industry? When did you know that you wanted to become a writer? I've been writing my whole life. Mm -hmm. My parents called it lying. <laughs> but uh, no, I was just, I, I mean, I've done a lot of work in the last couple of years on trauma. And one of the things that happens when you're a kid in like a trauma, a trauma household is that you start to disassociate. Some people, what's weird is like a lot of people become actors or writers mm -hmm. because they want to escape or they transform or they want things to be different. And I wanted things to be different. Um, and so I started making up stories as a really young kid. I started reading as much as I could. Like, I was just a voracious reader constantly. And so I just started writing. I mean, I, like, all my memories of being a young kid are, like, making things up with dolls or, or writing or, you know, winning competitions for stories. Mm. When I was in high school, I read James Baldwin for the first time. I read Another Country, which is one of my favorite novels. And I was like, I'm going to be a novelist. Then it turns out I can't be a novelist. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the, like, the concentration for that. I went to, to college and I got an English degree. 
went to college in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I'm from, baby. <laughs> um, and I uh, had some coffee milk. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, I was doing a uh, the film concentration at Brown, which is modern culture and media study, mm-hmm. but I didn't complete it because to complete it, you needed to make a movie. And I was like, I'll never make a movie. Idiot. Obviously, it's <laughs> so much I knew. Uh, then I, when I went to graduate school and studied Jane Austen, I basically was not... I was sort of trying to figure out a way to write for a living. Right. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and at the time, my dad was still alive, and he was like, so you're going to be an English professor? So you're going to go to seven years of school and make $33,000 a year? That sounds like a good idea for mm. you. And I was like, wow. So I quit. <laughs> I got my master's, and I quit. And now she makes $33,000 a second. <laughs> <laughs> I chew. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, kidding. So... <laughs> <laughs> totally joking, totally joking. Um, and actually, there's a good story in that to interrupt myself, which is in order to to make the first season of Power, I had to take almost like a like a third pay cut. So, because I, I was working on The Good Wife, mm-hmm. I was working for like 22, 24 episodes of network television, and then I was working on I worked on like two other shows that basically was making a really nice chunk of change, mm-hmm. and I had to go down. So I think right. I was making like three hundred, and I had to go down to two fifty for a whole year, mm-hmm. which was not like yeah. that's not right. it's not bad. But I'm just saying I did have to take a pay cut in order to achieve my dream. It's crazy. So that's also Gotta something that people that don't people sometimes don't realize that it's it's not always a smooth thing, Mm -hmm. um, I had to go backwards to go forwards. And I really lost a lot of money that first year because the people who were working for me on those eight episodes, they could go get another job. But that whole eight episodes took a whole year Mm -hmm. to produce and cut. I listen, I understand we're talking to the GOAT right now, but we got a huge announcement for y'all. This is big for the boys. This is big for the crew. It's big for y'all, too, actually, if you think about it. We know that you guys are hardworking. You know, that's why we did this podcast, because we wanted to shout out all the hardworking crew members, the actors that are on our show. And that's why we've partnered. We're so excited to announce we partnered with Money Lion. Yes, the top one app for the money. The go-to money app, baby. Listen, no matter how much money you have, no matter what you're doing in life, Money Lion is always going to have your back. And they're here to help you take control of your money and live your best life. So we've decided to give away up to $100,000. And to start us off... Yes, you got to sign up on the Money Lion app using the raw code. The crew has it. The crew has it. You know what? I'm going to put five Gs of my own money into the jar. Are you going to put five bands? Yeah. All right, I'm going to match you then. All right, he's going to match me. So that's, so that's 10000 10, already. That's 10000 already. So for every new sign-up, another dollar goes in the jar. And at the end of the year, wherever it's at, we're going to be giving away... Up to $100,000 to one lucky winner. But every week, we're going to be giving away, you know, money for gas. Yeah, gas is expensive It's right crazy now. right now. Gas is expensive right now. So we got y'all. Y'all been supporting us, so we're going to support y'all. Put some gas in your cars. Groceries, you know. Groceries, you know, groceries, y'all need some milk, water, Maybe juice. some new kicks, you know, the Amiri's. Yeah, you want some new little MMYs. Give you a little bucks for those, too, you know. Listen, all you got to do is download the Moneyline app. Use the Roar tag. The crew has it. Join the doers and dreamers by taking control of your money using Money Lion. Every, Every time, time you money, money be, a be a money, money lion, baby. We're going to make it rain. We're going to make it rain. Give me in the face. Give me in the face. <laughs> Back to the episode. Basically, I was, I, le- I got my master's. I went and started working at Mademoiselle, and I was working at GQ. I was at the Condé Nast building, kind of living that ugly Betty life. Um, and I wrote an article about interracial dating. And that article actually ended up uh, going across the desk of these two guys, Al Bergini and Chesler, who wanted to make it into a TV show. 
So I started building a TV show with them. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is what I want to do. I didn't know that you could write for television. In a way, mm -hmm. like, I had no idea that that was, like, a thing that could happen. And so it took a while. Um, and I just actually, the other day, so I'd been working at Origins while I was still living in New York. And I passed the Origins on Flatiron. I never worked there. I was trying to get the assistant manager job there. It's a skin, skincare? Yeah. Right. I literally was out, I was working at the one at 84th and Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get the assistant manager, the AM job at the Flatiron store, and literally my agent, because I had gotten an agent at that time in California, was like, you could come out here and try to get on the Bernie Mac show, or you could take that assistant manager job. And I flew out, and I got the job on the Bernie Mac show. Wow. Like, so you, you worked with Bernie for how many yeah, seasons? Uh, just one season. Retired. And then I got fired. But <laughs> I can tell you about that. <laughs> but the point is, like, that was the bird in the hand. And I sweated getting that assistant manager job. Like, mm. I sweated that. I was going to be making, like, $12 an hour. Mm. Like, that was going to make me the queen of shit. Do you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> so it's just so funny. It's like you you're, you always have these doors. And that was guaranteed money. And moving to California. It wasn't scary. Was, no. Mm. And that's so scary. It's so scary. Yeah. So you made that, but those are the sacrifices that where, where people get to this, okay? Yeah. Those are the types of things that you kind of have to do if you want to be in entertainment. If you want to really do anything that's you know above what you kind of see around you, those are the sacrifices that a lot of you know most of us have made in the industry. So well, absolutely, well, I, I would just say this in general. This is not every everybody, but in general, most of the actors that I've worked with who have a strong work ethic, who know their lines when they get to set, who are, like, on point, they all had other jobs. Like, Jerry Ferrara worked at fucking Boston Market. Like, mm -hmm. and you guys will talk to him about that. Now, obviously, some of us are so blessed <laughs> that we are we walk out of the womb <laughs> with our first acting gig, but not everyone is. Sometimes people have to get, like, smacked upside the head with hockey sticks right. and, like, you know, like, work and have, you know, whatever. But people go through all types of shit. I have just found that the people who have the hardest road to get there are the most grateful for it. Right. Mm. Um, and one is, I mean, I know this is a cliche, but the present is a gift. Like, I have been really lucky to be able to stand on stage in Truth Nightclub and be like, this is really fucking happening. Right. Like, while it was happening. It's mm. great to think about things with nostalgia, but if yeah, you can enjoy it when it's right. happening, going on, it's, a different it's feeling. totally a different That's feeling. Right. I did that a lot this season, That's where right. I just would be on Steiner, and like, me and Michael actually have done a great job of it, like, when we go to bookings and people People are literally screaming our names or like, like oh, oh, just anywhere we go, we literally look at each other and go, this is crazy. <laughs> like, like we've, this year, I think we've really together as like a, you know, business and friends, like we've been able to enjoy the work and being at Steiner and looking around. Like me and him were in his dressing room a couple weeks ago and we're like, you've been here since you've been 11 years old. Like, that's crazy. And he's like, we was looking around his dressing room. He's like, yeah, man, it is nuts. Yeah, so we right. kind of had that moment a couple weeks ago. We used to be at ago. stage three, yeah, and then we right. had stage one. <laughs> that's, where we, that's where me and Michael started. We we did, because the, the Choate dorm room was in stage three. So we used to go here and make up up where stage one is, walk oh. outside in the snow, mm -hmm. and go across. Oh, my yeah. God. It was, it's so funny, by the way. So the first episode, you said that you had started on at, when you were 12. Yeah. And so I did want to tell, because I was talking to these guys last night in preparation for this and I did want to tell like the audience that actually Michael was 11. It's actually been I 10 years <laughs> because because that. the audition so Michael's birthday is in September and the audition for Tariq was like earlier September. Mm -hmm. So I actually met you when you were 11. That's crazy. And the, none of I the other Tariqs even years. rated. I will say this like <laughs> no hate to wherever they are now. Right. <laughs> right. One of them is like right. like got a Tony.
funny, probably. <laughs> but, but none of the other Tariqs were even a conversation. Right. And then you did wow. a chemistry read. I don't know if you remember this. You had a chemistry read with um, Don Shea. I did. Yeah, because you, you, we wrote you guys a little dummy scene for the I two did. of you, oh, and you guys like worked really well together, and so it was like, that's it. I do remember having a chemistry. So I, I, I want to go from Damn. from when you <laughs> pitched, when Power happened, and then I want to go into how you found Michael and everything like okay, that. Okay, so, okay, okay. So what, so what was like the first, so you, you obviously had the um, the show that you did, you developed it, it, it didn't go. Correct? Yeah, it didn't go, yeah, no, no, no. And then was Power your next thing where like, okay, you, you wrote it, or what was like the idea? Uh, oh, okay, so I was on the Bernie Mac, comedy, ha, ha, ha. I got fired because I'm not funny. And, um, <laughs> but it's like, it's, but it's real. That's why I got fired. I just, I wasn't funny. I also couldn't play the politics well. There right. were two mm. things. And by the way, every job that you have in general has like the job itself. And then there's the job of keeping the job. Yeah. You know, just like there's the job and then there's the job of getting the next job. Right. Uh, especially in this business. Especially in this business. Right. But in any business, again, I was trying to be the assistant manager at Orange. <laughs> right, so you know right, what I'm saying? Right. All right. So anyway. <laughs> I worked my way up. I got onto a show called Injustice. Now, again, this is a really good sort of Hollywood crew has it story. Injustice, which was a show about wrongfully convicted people, did not work. Like, it, people didn't like that show because uh -huh. back then people were like, no one's convicted wrongfully. If you get are mm. guilty, like, you, you, know, you should go to jail. But the show was created by Robert and Michelle King. That show didn't last that long, but the second show that they created was The Good Wife, and I worked there later. So I went from Injustice to Justice to Eli Stone, where I worked with Greg Berlanti. Um, I had these great mentors. You know, I learned a whole bunch of stuff, you know, and I was on a bunch of shows that got canceled every year. Eli did not get canceled. I left Eli because we went on strike mm -hmm. in 2007 or eight, whatever that was, and I went to my own worst enemy where I worked with Christian Slater. Mm. Funny story about, like, you, you meet your childhood crush, <laughs> and you're like, uh... <laughs> and then you're like, I have to give this person a note. <laughs> right, 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 uh, right. But I got so lucky. There are all these really beautiful moments in my career. So had I stayed in, like, had I not gotten fired from Bernie Mac and stayed in comedy, you know, comedy collapsed. Really, like, right after that comedy collapsed. Mm -hmm. So then I was already in one hour. And then I was doing all these legal shows and had I stayed on Eli, Eli, I mean, it went for a couple more years, but I ended up, because of my own worst enemy, I ended up being on Happy Town. Happy Town was only six episodes, and at the end of those six episodes, I got to go to be on The Good Wife. And The Good Wife was how I got an Emmy nomination. The Good Wife was how I obviously okay. worked with the Kings longer, but The Good Wife was also where I got so much good training that convinced Chris and Carmi that it would be okay to let me have my own show. Like, right. ev everything happened for a reason. Right. I was very, very fortunate. But people don't realize, they're like, oh yeah, Courtney just started on Power. She made Power, and this is where she is. Like, Hell no. you do not know what goes into, like, you go from show to show to getting canceled to maybe doing six episodes of this and that, and then you're out of work. Like, it's a lot, especially as a writer. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really, that's happened in the last few years that's been really bad is the studios being more and more reluctant to send writers to set mm -hmm. when the shows are remote. But that's how I learned, because mm -hmm. show running is actually... A lot of it is about act, like the actors, the mm. directors, like being on set and really being able to know people. No, yeah, right. getting to know you. Yeah, because a lot of times when you come on set for ghosts, like things go very differently. Like <laughs> something like they just do. Like mm. sometimes, like you know, season one we'll be doing a scene, and then you know the director has it, this and that, and then the showrunner comes you, and you're like, oh, actually, I see it kind of like this, where that doesn't happen when just the director shit. is there. Yeah. And it, it makes things idea. run smoother. I it just, it just does. Well, it's, you know, I think it's, 
First of all, one thing as the showrunner, that you never get to see what set is like when you're not there. Mm. Right. You know? So I do know that, like, mm. that you get a better product when the boss is there no matter what it is, mm -hmm. right? Like, no, no matter what, usually no matter what it is. Um, but I think in general, the if you're the vision or the voice of the show, you haven't, a specific thought about everything. Right. And the way the television business works, the directors are like, they're the guest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we a have lot, new directors every episode. Right. So sometimes you can't get that consistency. Mm -hmm. um, and it really is up to the showrunner to teach the writers to kind of communicate that to the director or, or whoever else is producing. And we had a great system. Like, we had yeah. Shanna and Bart who, like, knew my vision, so they would be, like, talking to the directors. I and mean, we had a really strong system set up, yes. for sure. So then, so then when, so you left the... Um... Let's see, I was on The Good Wife. And uh, at the time, I was at CAA, and 50 was at CAA, and Mark Canton was at CAA. So Money Mark. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, birthday, birthday Money Mark. Um, <laughs> happy birthday, Mark. Um, you know, Method Man said on this show that, like, I was the brain and 50 was the brawn and Mark was the heart. Mark is really, like, he's, like, a really gentle, good person. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, when I—so CAA kind of put me together with Mark. I was writing a black Blacksploit— exploitation series at the time, mm -hmm. and my dad had just died. And so I was trying to figure out how to write about my dad, and then the, all that stuff started, like, kind of coming together. So in, uh, I had my daughter, <laughs> my father died, I met Mark. We started—the idea for the show started coming together in late 2011. And then—but I had to work. I had to have a job. Like, I couldn't just, like, sit around. And so I had—I went on to Hawaii Five-0, and then I was on Beauty and the Beast. Did you live in Hawaii for that or no? <laughs> you have to work on Hawaii 5 and you didn't even get to live in Hawaii. It's all good. <laughs> She's like, oh, it worked. It was fine. Uh, I, can, I can pay for my own PJ to Hawaii. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, so it was just like, but I, I was, you know, I went there. I, did, I just worked in like the CBS, like, world right. while I was trying to develop the show. And then by the time we were ready to go out, uh, we went to Showtime, we went to FX, and we went to Stars. And Stars said yes. D and did the other networks pass? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. How many shows? Interesting. Uh, go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I probably shouldn't have said what what show. It, what, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's 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 public record. Right, anyway. yeah, they right. made it anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they made it like what? <laughs> so, but anyway, so Star said yes, and uh, Chris Albrecht and Carmi Zlotnick, who had been at HBO before that, uh, they were like, okay, so write the outline, um, and I wrote an outline, and um, Fifty was also Fifty had some music. So when we went to, like, talk to them about it, we played the music while I was pitching. Like, it was so dope. Like, right, it was just right, right. really great That's synergy. And, um, like, I couldn't believe how creatively in sync 50 and I were. Like, I would be like, well, this or that. And, you know, I was a journalist first, so I had all this opportunity to, like, kind of interview him and, like, talk to him about, like, well, what was this like and what was that like? And then I was sort of pushing that together with... What you can look back on is, like, there's a lot of Shakespearean themes mm -hmm. that are going on in that first uh, power, and right. it's all very calculated. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. What is it? Loyalty also? Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I wrote the, the outline for the first one, and then I got notes on that, and then I wrote this script, 
Um, and they were like, we like the script. And I was like, does that mean yes? And they're like, actually, no, we want you to write a second script. And I freaked out. I had never written like a 102 of anything by myself. Like I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this without a writer's room. I don't know how to do this because on most of the time, you, you read the pilot and then everyone's in the writer's room to break the second episode. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I had no idea what that second episode was gonna be. I was completely freaked out. I said to my agent, I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he was like, you wanna try? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, good point. Yeah. Good point. So then I did it. I wrote the second episode. So then, both ep they have both episodes and they still haven't made a decision. They haven't made a decision and they haven't made a decision. And see, this is something else that people don't know. They assume that like, power's so good, people would, <laughs> like you must have had a yes from the beginning. Right. No, mm. I actually went back out on the job market. Mm, I went crazy. back out on the job market. In fact, I, my, my old boss, Greg Berlanti, was like, you wanna come back here? And I was, and he gave me, he gave me an offer. I had an offer from Greg. I got on the phone with Nancy Etz, who's my other agent. So my agents are Nancy Etz and Andrew Miller. And mm. Nancy said something that changed my life. This fucking changed my life. This is the most important thing, one of the most important things anyone's ever said to me. She said, Courtney, do you want to work for Greg Berlanti or do you want to be Greg Berlanti? Wow. I remember where I was sitting. I was sitting on the floor. I got goosebumps. In my old apartment. And I was like, I want to be Greg. And she's like, so then you can't take a job working for him. Right. You got to just hold on and wait for stars to say yes. And I said, but what if they don't say yes? And she's like, they're going to say yes. Now, I never believe anyone who says that things are going to work out positively. <laughs> That's just not how I'm built. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay. And I had to let that, that opportunity go so that I could... That's why so a tough decision. Right. Uh, yeah. If you get a full offer and then you have like a TV show just sitting there waiting to be like picked up. Like you don't even know what is going to happen with the show. Mm -hmm. And then you got a, a guaranteed offer. You're like... Offer, wait for my show to get picked up. What do I do? Right. right, and I was so, I mean, again, this is the first time I've ever, this is the first show I ever sold, first pilot I wrote for money. Like, this is the first time. Mm -hmm. So why should it happen? Right, your mind's like, this is my first, every writer writes five or six that don't go before they get one. Absolutely, right. and then the other thing is, though, that's not always the case. Some people, they hit the, you know, they hit it out of the park from right. the beginning. And don't forget, I have a kid. Yeah. It's not just me. I have a kid and a husband. It's like, how do I do this? And so, you know, I gotta, I, yeah, I have to give all respect to Nancy because she was just like, right, you gotta make a decision about yeah, who she's you are. Gangster for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you said like a uh, three hundred, two fifty. You also don't realize like you pay ten percent to your agents, ten percent to your managers, five percent to your lawyer. You gotta pay, you know, a, a publicist taxes. Like living in LA, like it's not a lot of money. What people are like, oh, you get paid this an episode, like. It, there's a lot of people with their hands in the pie that, like, it, you have to live and survive and be able to, to live in California. It's expensive. Well, to, to, I think what there's this tipping point, right, where you get to a level of success where you're now chasing yourself to keep that level of success. Right. Like, you're sort of in this, like, I can't go, I can't go get a normal job now because I've had too many. And, I mm. like, I've watched people go through this where it's like they get a series regular and then if that doesn't continue, what do I do now? Right. Like, I can't go manage a Kinko's. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to, like, figure out how to do... And, and it, it happens to everybody. Everybody freaks out about that. And this is the thing. The higher you get on the chain, the worse it gets. Right, yeah. The scarier it gets. But again, I'm not complaining because I chose this. Mm -hmm. I chose to have a freelance life. That's what I chose. We all chose this, mm -hmm. right? We chose to have these crazy-ass lives. Yeah. So, yo, boo. 
you know, we be having long days on set sometimes. It be stressful. Mm -hmm. I know. So at the end of the day, you get home. How do you how you relax? Dude, I have a hard time decompressing after filming all day long and having, you know, energy, energy. It, it's hard to, to decompress. You are full of energy on set. I ain't gonna lie. Like you don't lose energy on set. No. So you don't like you don't have like a little regimen, like nothing. At the end of the night, it's tough. When Literally you, nothing. You gonna put me on or something? Come on, man. You know I always got you. Listen. Via hemp. This shit helps. You need to wind down, you know what I'm saying? Take a little... Whoa, hemp. Uh, am I gonna get arrested? Bro, first of all, you're white, and it's legal, so you don't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> look, take, look take, take a look at the packaging, though. It's nice. Oh. But it's, look, they base everything off of performance, so if you want something to, you know, sleep, you eat a certain one. You want something, you know, just to chill be out. lit, chill, eat a certain one. You want to be lit, just... Just vibe out? Damn. You're a certain one. I'm telling you, bro, it works for me. I, you know I have a hard time sleeping. Yeah. I have a 5 a.m. call time. I'll just go to sleep two, 2 in the morning and wake up three hours after. Take one of these ones at like 10 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? I'll be good night's sleep. Yeah, it's, it's real good. It's real good shit, you know? So how do they, like, make them specific for if I wanted to chill out or if I wanted to sleep or how do they do that? Right, so it's, it's pretty complex, but basically... What they do is, you know, obviously everyone knows CBD and THC. They know what that does, right? right. But not a lot of people are familiar with hemp, I feel like. Mm -hmm. What they do is they grab whatever performance-enhancing, you know, substance it is, whether it's you want to sleep, you want to focus, you want to relax, whatever it is, they take that, they infuse it with the hemp and CBD, and it creates magic, baby. Damn. So look, we got these right here. We got the Delta 9 Elevate, and then we got this, the, you know, the Flow State. Uh-huh. There's a difference, though. They have Every, THC in those, don't they? Yeah. This has THC, yes, but CBG is the main ingredient. This, this is like a day-boosting substance that basically just promotes good energy, a good mood. It, you know, just uplifts you, really, you know? Bro, my days on set are going to be different now. I'm trying to show you. And you already be boosted with energy, so, like, with these... My Who head's gonna go through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bro, I'm not going to lie. Having something like CBG to help me boost, you know, for my writing, working out, anything. Bro, that sounds right up my alley. I'm trying to tell you, bro, this stuff might change your life. I mean, you have a good life already, but... Yeah, yeah. This shit's gonna make your life better. Next level. Yeah, yeah, next level, for sure. Use the code CREW to get 15% off of your first order. And not only that, but they got some sample packs for free that are federally legal with 5% THC, so make sure I go get that. Use the code CREW. To order, you must be 21 or up... Make sure you visit viiahemp.com slash crew. So stars calls and and what's the call like? Like at like what's the okay, we're picking it up for 10. Okay, so I'm at lunch with Monica Mitchell. Oh, uh, I love Monica. Uh, who you guys have to have on this podcast. Of course, of course. Um, for those folks who don't know, Monica Mitchell is one of the writers on Power and Ghost. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but she was just my friend back then. Mm. Um, and I was sitting. Uh, what's the name? It was called The Fat Dog, I think. Mm -hmm. It was and on Fairfax. Yep. It's still there. It's still there. Yep. Um, shout out to The Fat Dog, where <laughs> I had, like, all my writers' meetings, mm -hmm. and, like, I did, like, I did so much stuff at The Fat Dog, because I lived on 6th between Fairfax and Crescent Heights at that time. Right. It was, like... I guess it was Nancy and Andrew. And I all I really remember is feeling numb from, like, the waist down. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't really remember. I was just like, what? It's happening? Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, again, 
you, everyone sees the final product, but really there's pre-production, there's pr production, and there's post. So when you get the yes as the showrunner, you're getting a yes to a writer's room. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you think of is how am I going to build this writer's room? Yeah, you got to get writers from all over the place. It, build this whole team full of just writers. Writers, exactly. <laughs> and so what was funny, and a little piece of, of trivia that people don't know, is that Inside, so I'm sitting outside the fat dog because they have like this uh, terrace. Inside the fat dog at the bar is Vladimir Svetko, who I know because I know Vlad because I left Eli Stone and went to work on my own worst enemy where he was an assistant. That's how we met. He's sitting in the bar and I walk in and I'm like, are you still writing? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you want a job? <laughs> I hired Vlad as my staff writer, oh basically my. right there. Oh, and, and exactly. And Vladimir, again, for the fans at home, Vlad is Queen a tremendous Queen. writer, and he yeah. was on power like from the very beginning. He came on as a staff writer and was there until season five. And now he's back on Ghost. He's back on Ghost. Uh, no, he was back on Ghost this past year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 His episode was lit. Yeah, his episode it's was this dope, season, right? yeah. Because he can write his ass yeah, off, right. basically. <laughs> right. Anyway, he definitely right. Could. Yeah. So, so then power happens. You start casting. When did Michael come in the picture? Okay, so first hurdle is who can play Ghost. Right. All right. Mm. And so this is where we sort of talk a little bit about basically, you know, institutionalized racism. Mm -hmm. I just want to say this first, which is that. Ghost on the page was intelligent and scary and, like, physically imposing. And basically, people thought of black actors in, like, two categories. You were mm. either Sidney Poitier and Andre Brower, mm -hmm. or you were some sort of, like, muscle man kind of... Like, it was just never... You could never bring those two things together. Mm. And so at first, they were all like, well, who are you going to get to play Ghost? Who are you going to get to play Ghost? Who's going to have all of that? And I was like, I knew who I wanted. I wanted Omari Hardwick. That's who I wanted from the beginning. But there was, like, some dosi nonsense about someone else who was a name mm -hmm. because they didn't know how to do that. And then once that person passed, it was like, Omar is the only person I can think of who has has all the things. Mm. So then once we had Omari, we were casting Angela and... Well, we were casting Tommy, Angela, and Tasha all off of him. And what I was telling you before about how to make the... Like, you have to draw the characters so different from your central character. Right. So you're for anyone who's a writer at home, you have your main character. Listen the fuck up. This is this is good <laughs> shit. Listen up. So you have your main character, and the other characters in that, like, I'd say if you have um, a central, like whether it's a family or however you're doing it, all those characters should serve in some way to illustrate what's right with or what's wrong with your main character. Okay, so, for example, when you have Ghost and Tommy... Um, Tommy is actually, he's wild, he's crazy, he's free, he's allowed to do and say shit, right? So if you think about in the pilot, what's that redhead? Uh, you got some redheaded girl, tall, serving drinks in there. Mm -hmm. uh, what's her name? Ghost says her name is, don't touch the merchandise. Right, 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 right. That's Ghost. Ghost is so closed and tight, and he's always making decisions, and he's always in the right place. So Tommy is there to illustrate that. He's his own character, but he's also there to show that Ghost is planning where he is or is, is reacting, right? You've got Tasha, who is just as vicious and savage as Ghost, but she is immature, where Ghost is mature. 
She's immature. So she's like, why can't we do this forever? If you remember the first season. Mm-hmm. Is this stuff interesting to you guys? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm like yeah. locked in. Yeah. <laughs> are you crazy? They're, they're probably like on the edge of their seat right now. Okay. I go to Chris and say, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, then, and then Angela, when you oppose her to Ghost, Angela and Ghost are from the same place, right? Just uh-huh. like Ghost and Tommy. But she's gone a completely different, different direction. Right, yeah. So she's left the she left the hood. She went to Connecticut and then to Choate. Then she went on to Ivy League schools. And she's like she's a lawyer. She's law enforcement. Mm. So she, again, she's law enforcement. He's definitely not yeah, law right. enforcement. Right? Right. Yeah, he's like a full on homicidal maniac, right. which you learn by by epi- like what is it minute nine? Yep. That's yeah. when he kills. I think he kills uh, Miguel. Right, that scene crazy. is that so scene good. And by the way, that's Amari's the audition so scene. That, that was that their was aud- audition scene. That's their audition scene. Yeah. Okay. Another another fun fact that people don't know. You know who killed his audition for Ghost? Like murdered it. Who? Boris Kojo. Really? No one ever believes me. No one. See, you can't believe me right now. <laughs> no one ever believes me. But Boris was amazing. Yeah. Boris was amazing. First of all, Boris speaks like nine hundred languages, <laughs> and he is like physically imposing and all the things. It's just he's so beautiful, and he's so like it's just like uh well this doesn't feel real now. Right. But you know right. whatever. But. I, I have to give him his props because yeah. we saw pretty much every blackter there was at that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And yeah. Boris murdered it, mm. murdered it. The other person who got close was a, a guy named, I remember his last name. He ended up being on American Gods. Ricky, uh, they, they ended up ha- casting him on American Gods. Anyway, great guy. But Omari was who I wanted. Right. And there's no one else who yeah, could have played. No, no, no one else. Right. Right. could have played this. So, uh, then, so we cast, we were doing all that casting. Uh, we ended up casting Joe. And then uh, Naturi forged ahead very quickly. Like, mm-hmm. because Omari had so much energy and so much intensity, and Naturi was able to meet him. She wasn't scared of him at all. She was like, what? Go ahead, get in my face. And during their audition, they got Fact. physical yeah. with each other. Like, they had a fight. They, the, one of their audition scenes was a fight. And Omari, like, put his hands on her, and she pushed him back. And she's little, but she's strong. Right. Natori not going for that. <laughs> she was not. He did not. She was not. She, yeah, okay, totally. And uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> but so, so they were, like, there was no question that mm. it needed to be her. Um, and then Leela, Leela's so fucking smart. She's so smart. It's, like, kind of hard to look away from her, in a sense, because she's so smart. And she's kind of frightening. There right. was something about her that was really kind of scary. Beautiful and scary. Beautiful everything. and scary. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. So when we cast Ghost and Tasha, then it was like, hey, we have to find their kids. Now, I happen to think, this is just me, this part of Michael's face reminds me of Naturi. Just this part. Right. And I, especially as a littler person, because it was all more like forward. Chubby and like- yeah. Well, because your, your face was a little bit. As you've gotten older, mm. I mean, I spend a lot of time looking at your faces. This is right. so weird, but like, I spend a lot of time. Hours and hours. <laughs> so it's like, um, as a kid, your face was more like, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so because you had more, there was more lip and nose, it was more like Naturi. Mm-hmm. Um, but then your body looked like it was going to turn into ghost, meaning that it was like sort of long. Mm-hmm. And like, o- Omari, for he's not like a really tall person, but his arms are very yeah. long. Yeah. And so it was like, okay. But it was not, that those things were considerations, but they weren't deep considerations because you were such a good actor. There was <laughs> no you. fucking question <laughs> that you were, you were so good. And the thing is, like, I mean, I know they nobody, like, it's like, I knew by, like, season three, I was like, he's the future. 
And you can, and when you look back, when you look back on power, you can tell I thought that because Mm. the part kept getting bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger, and I kept putting more and more on you. Every time I would get a new script, I'm like, I'm I'm doing this now. (laughs) Doing this now. I'm I'm like. Oh, yeah, I mean, fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> break it into people's houses. Break it into houses. Yeah, yeah exactly. Licks with Kane and, and, and all, the, all the gangsters. It, it was lit. You're so good at that. You give people the opportunity to go, I'm going to give you this. Let me see what you're going to right. do with it. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Michael continually brought it every mm-hmm. every every episode, every day on set, and that's why his part get bigger. And now um, there he is. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what? First of all, can we just talk about your head next to Mary J. Blige? <laughs> How did that happen? All right. So so wait. So we'll talk about let's talk about all these things because yes. this is true of both of you that. There weren't there recurring parts at right. first. You know, yeah. like Tariq was not a series regular because yeah. he wasn't in every episode. You know, Braden was there as I said. He's a co-star. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird. It was a co-star. Right. But right, so was Alex, right in the beginning, right? To Effie, she. Was I think co-star. Alex was recurring because she was coming in to fuck up our shit for a couple episodes. Right. I just had that one episode in five. Okay. Which right. you swore to me it's four, but I promise you it's five. Okay. I really <laughs> believe it's four. I, have to go uh, I didn't. I didn't go look at that. I wanted. To, I wanted to find the first appearance of Michael this morning. Right. So okay. But all right. So. I really believe there's so many different like philosophies that I have about casting, but one of them is that um, the actor will tell you if you're in a show for a while, the actor will tell you what you need to write for them. Right. They will. And so one of the things that I, you are such like first of all, what no one understands is that Michael and Tariq could not be any more different. (laughs) Michael is like full of joy and laughter and like loves life and he's having a great time, and Tariq is mad. Yeah. And hurt going and damaged, going through with crazy shit. Yeah. But, and when you look at Tariq in season one, like, look at that sweet kid mm-hmm. who got all that stuff stolen from him. No wonder he's angry as shit. Everyone's right. lying to him. Sean's about to get got in the yeah. right. season. Right. You know, it's bad. Terrible. But what is true of you also is that there is a part of you that's like dark. <laughs> There's a part of you right. that's dark, and I like I feel him. I can feel him vibrationally. Right. You know what I mean? You, I already know. <laughs> I, I met you, and I was like, first of all, you're just so funny. Like your comic timing was so great, and you really funny people are always angry. Yeah, right. They're just really, really funny people are always angry. Right, but funny. then we were on the phone. When were we on the phone? I don't remember when we were talking. It must have been when I called you to say, like, ghost is happening and I need you to be in. I didn't know about your hockey background. Yeah. I didn't know about that. And I was like, oh, okay, motherfucker. I know what I'm going to have you do. Because right. I was like, I knew that this was there was more capacity there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, capacity for rage is, like, one of the things that really excites me about actors. Right. Like, I'm an angry person <laughs> sometimes, and I can't, be, I can't behave badly. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try not to. And so I always like to write into whatever that is. So part of season two in the Braden character was about having everyone having expectations for what I'm supposed to be and how that feels. Right. You know? And mm-hmm. so they were they were having two different sides of that experience. And we right. remember we wrote that scene where it's like, like, you're gonna blow up my family. Mm-hmm. Your family's gonna be fine, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, Gucci. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're fine. Like you're mm-hmm. totally fucking fine. Oh, it was it, there was this constant thing about like you're enjoying white privilege until you feel like you might lose it. Right, right. And Tariq's like, okay, you're upset because, let me just get this straight, Trace might 
get got? Like, right, he, right. He just, yeah. you don't know that. It's like, Raina's dead, my boy. Right, right. Like, like, what are you I just had to kill my pops. Like, 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 what are like, we doing? <laughs> but that's the thing, is you can't say, what's so great about that is that you can't say to him, Do you, can I give you the list of all the people I've lost? Right. Mm. Okay, so I had my, I had a godmother. She's dead, because my, my mom, mom killed, killed her. her. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you think about the nasty. I had a best friend. Yeah. Oh well. And then my other best friend, my other best friend killed him. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had I had the best godfather of all time, and yeah. I had to trick him into getting shot right in front of me. Yeah. Um, I have a, I had a twin sister. I have a whole other half of myself that's gone. Right. I'm really angry, and you're like, man, I know. don't say bad things about my family. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's real for you. We know what that is. Right. And you said on a... Because on it's so fragile. It's right. like such like a being in that, put in that pedestal of that kind of family. Right. Literally, even so, an inkling of that, it's like, oh, no, like your parents think you're dirt, you're this, you're that, you'll never be what they are. Right, and, they, and then you will have proven them right. Right. And so then the thing that's like, to me, that's kind of like interesting... Uh, in a way about that is that in creating like the Weston family prison right. mm -hmm. there were pieces of that that Tariq could relate to because mm -hmm. he feels imprisoned in his own thing so it's like this great dialogue between yes. the two characters which I which I really enjoy right Right. Even even like Tariq with his parents, like they wanted him to be like this good like school kid until Tasha just accepted the fact that it would never be the case. Like they wanted Tariq to be school kid, go to you know what's what school was it before he went to Cho Van Allen? Van Van Al Van Buren? So. Yeah, something like that. Van oh Allen, something like that where he where he the, beat up one of the, the kids. The fans for will correct us. Yeah. Yeah. The, fan, the fans will correct us. The fans will correct us. The first school. Yeah, they wanted him to be a good kid. But. Do you remember the turning point episode of Tariq? For me, just to say it, the turning point from him being good into bad. Right. Or, or just, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of has parts of good and evil, you know, in them and what comes out more and what. Where do you think you're like, oh, Tariq is going to be like ghost. Okay. Tariq is going to be ghost. Well, Tariq was, Tariq was always written to be ghost. And okay. in fact, in the original pilot, Tariq was 15 and he was already selling drugs at his private school. Right. <laughs> and so when we cast Naturi, we had to go younger. We had to cast everyone as 11. Okay. Fun fact about that. Um, when we, the, 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 the powers that be really liked the original script. And when I said to them, well, we cast Naturi, who was, she was 28, I think at the time, I was like, I have to change the kids ages and may age them down. Mm. And they were like, why? And I'm like, she could, they were like, she could have had them at 15. And I was like, uh-uh, that's not the story I'm right. telling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, like, like, no. Right. It was, it was, I mean, it was so interesting. So it's inter not what we're doing. Yeah, it's not what we're doing. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, <laughs> what, what, the, the change, like, where you were like. Oh, so there's a couple of, it's, because it's not, it's not a bright line, but there's a couple of points. I think it's interesting because the fans started to turn on Tariq when he disobeys his parents. Mm -hmm. But he's out for Dolo, because he always has been. Right. He stole drugs from Tommy. That's not great. Right. That's not a great moment. That wasn't a good idea. Um, but he also lied to his parents to hang out with Kanan. Mm -hmm. That, like, hanging out with Kanan in and of itself was not good, right? He yeah. had been instructed to yeah. stay away from that person. So it was already, like, that was bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kanan was very much the guy in the white van, like, I got candy in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he was just, like, he was always kind of on Tariq. Like, I see what you can be, but that person's not going to be able to teach you mm. what I can teach you. And it, you now see, having watched this, that Kanan's trying to raise himself. He's trying right. to raise the son. You know what I mean? He's trying to be the father to right. the son he didn't have. I mean, he did have, which is Sean, but Sean is weak from his perspective. And he right. sees in Tariq that Tariq is not a weak 
character, that Tariq could be something. So he's building Tariq in his own image. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you see that, and Tariq likes that because someone's being honest with him. Mm -hmm. Someone's actually telling him the truth. So in a weird way, it was like, yeah, Tariq is taking a left, but I don't know. I guess the worst thing Tariq does to me is set up his own kidnapping. Right. <laughs> like episode six, 606, that's, that's the, I think that's the dark turn. Right, right. right. I, think, I think that's worse. I think that's worse than actually shooting Ghost, but I know I'm in the minority. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah, it was so interesting. You said, you said last night that um, Tariq is so um, similar to Kanan growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's so crazy to watch Raising Kanan because you just see the similarities in the character and you're like, now I, love I understand that why they're I so... I like the, the Raquel and Kanan like, relationship. It reminds me a lot of like the Tasha, the Tasha and Tariq relationship. Like It's like, damn, this is Tariq. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I, and I will just say, because you guys just had Patina on, she was who I wanted from the beginning. She's the she, shit. Because when I read, uh, when I read, I'd seen her play the lead player in Pippin. Uh-huh. Mm. And so when I read Sasha's script for the first time, I was like, there's only one person I know who can do this. Because the part has such a high degree of difficulty. Mm-hmm. It is too many things at once. Just like Ghost was too many things at once. It's so hard for the actor to kind of like pick a lane and stay in it. You have to just be fluid and move. And like I was like, it has to be. Every scene, like every situation in it that's being put in every scene, like it's something different in every every scene. So. It's, she has to be so many different people. Vulnerable. She got to be a boss. She got to be a mother. She got to be a king. Like a king. She got to do everything. It's, it's, it's a lot for, for Patina, but she's doing it. She's well. amazing. <laughs> she's she's, she's spellbinding. She's yeah. spellbinding. And like Sasha, who was on Power Season 1 mm-hmm. as a writer, mm-hmm. he's so talented. Like it's, it, you know, it's so funny because it's like, I was just thinking like Randy Huggins who created BMF. Right. He was on Power created Season what? 1. What? Created what? B- oh, yeah, right. That, there's another what show, show on Stars. Yeah. Oh. There's another Wait, show. it's Outlander? It's Outlander? <laughs> <laughs> it's the other show with black people on Stars that doesn't have strippers in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, just, like, we had... So we've, and we got a lot of them back for Ghost Season 1. Yeah. Uh, Randy was back in our writer's room, so that was really fun. Mm. Ghost Season 1 and Top of Season 2 was right. really fun. But, yeah, we have just had, like, really, really great writers. Anyway, Patina... Amazing, and it's interesting to see. Like, I guess this is a little bit of a, like a, I guess a, a preview for the fans. But it's interesting to see season two of Raising Canaan how Mackay takes the character darker. Love how that. you see the shift that's happening, and it's not like Tariq's because, as we know, Canaan goes ve- like he becomes a different. We yeah. know who he was as an adult. Yeah. Right. We don't know who Tariq will be as an adult, although. Right. I think we have a good idea <laughs> yeah. of who the fuck that motherfucker will right. be. Yeah, I'm excited to see Makai like take on like a whole new Kanan now. Like, Makai is like that kid I'm excited. is crazy. Yeah, like he's so talented, it's nuts. I, when I it was funny watching people talk about their audition and like saying that I was in the room. It's like I I don't with casting, I always know. Like I know immediately right. who it is. Like yeah. it doesn't take me a long time. So like I was just like gassed for that Patina and Makai read because, yeah. like, I knew that was the kid. Like, it was beyond, you know, obviously the look is there, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, he, he favors Curtis. But mm. it was just, I knew that I wanted, I needed those people to connect. And then they were both such pros that they, they found it, you know? Right. And it was like, well, we've got a show. For sure. You know, we've got yeah, a show. Yeah, definitely That's got a show with that, with that one. Makai and Patina on the screen together is like... Magic. Not it's they electrifying. Shit for I can't sure. wait to see season two. Oh. Me too, because I, I was like I was because I was watching season one 
And we all know how much of a savage Kanan Kanan is. And right. like season one, like he does, you don't really get to see how much of a savage Kanan Kanan was because obviously it's very early in this in in the in the show. But like, you see like the little like inklings of him becoming like, yeah, that's right. that's Kanan. So right. now like season two is like they done set up for it now. So season two is like I feel like you're gonna see a lot of darkness from from Makai. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I will just say because season one has already aired and mm. you've seen now, Kanan have to like shoot someone who will eventually he'll know is important to him, but mm -hmm. have to make his first kill, right. so to speak. It's interesting, Tariq's first kill is a kill that no one wants him to do. Right. And this is a kill where Kanan was instructed to do it, and it's really interesting just to see, like, how that is, you know? Um, because Kanan wouldn't have done that on his own. Mm. I mean, he's not his first kill. I guess it, technically it's the other kid. Yeah. But we can't, because he and his boy are both shooting, so it's uh, he's guilty of it. Right, yeah. But, he, like, that... Accessory. Yeah, <laughs> as a very least yeah. accessory. <laughs> but it's like, he does some emotional things, whereas Tariq is really... I don't know, that Ray Ray shit is, man, it's crazy. Yeah. I watched it back, like, not recently, but, like, a couple months ago. Mm. I say to myself, like... Was it wrong to ask you as a teenager to do that shit? <laughs> no, nah, that shit was fun. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> was it fun? No, nah, it was. It was. It, I wouldn't say like. Obviously, it was like. It was. It was different because like that was like my first scene. No, actually, no. I'm not gonna lie. That wasn't my first scene like using a gun. But like, I guess in that space, like actually, you know, my character actually killing someone. Like it was different. Like, damn, like my character is actually. After this, like, the character's never going to be the same. Yeah, it's not going after back. This, yeah, after this, the story of this character is completely different now. So it's like, it was different for me. It was definitely different. I felt like I was setting up, like, a whole, whole nother lane for Tariq. So yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was crazy. That shit was fun, though. That was, uh... Shout out to Marcus. Marcus was, he's dope. He's, he played, he, right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Marcus Calendar. Yeah, so he's talented. Dope. Yeah. He had me dying. One scene where I, where I was in the car, I was in the back of the cop car with him. He's like, yeah, top fleece. <laughs> I don't know why that oh, shit is that so funny. Funny. I don't know why that shit is so funny, but it's hilarious because Cam, my cousin, he's still calling, he'd be calling me, he'd be like, yeah, top fleece. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. Well, you know what? That reminds me of the other thing I was going to say, which is that when you watch In Raising Kanan, when you watch Kanan and Jukebox mm -hmm. and that dynamic, right. it just makes you think about 406 and how mm -hmm. sad it right. is. Mm -hmm. that how they ended, yeah, right. how, they, yeah. how, they, how they ended up. But she made him pick, now that you have seen Raising Kanan, she made him pick between her and himself. Right. Tariq was an iteration of himself and he couldn't mm -hmm. let it go down, right? That's so interesting. People don't, oh my but God. That's crazy yeah. when you put it that way. Right. It's like, all right, he didn't want Jukebox to kill Tariq because he fucks with Tariq. But when you look at it like that, it's like, yeah, Kanan is... Tariq, right. and Tariq is basically a part of Kanan. It's like, right. he can't let Jukebox take a part of him. Like, that's, yeah, Jukebox is so hard at that point that she mm. just looks at Tariq like he's a stooge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's a prop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Jukebox was, yo, she was yeah. gangster. Anika Noni Rose is like... Incredible. I can't wait to have her on. Yo, working I, with her was, to have her on. Yo, working with her was fire, bro. Yeah. Like, she's intense. Like, she's like... And she's like... She's just mad gangster. Like you really think she's jukebox in real life, like on set, and bro. She, like, and she's like an she's like a musical she's Broadway. She's a Broadway, right? yeah. Crazy. But that's the thing. She's the um. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't, the, it's the the Disney movie. She, uh, you guys know she's like the lead. I can't remember what the name of the the movie is. I'll remember it later. Mm -hmm. But um, she's a Disney princess. 
crazy. But she's yeah. also a gangster. You would right. never. I I didn't know she was part of that did right. anything <laughs> that had to do with Disney. When, yeah. Like you know, seeing what she did playing jukebox. Like, right. I want to have Disney? both of them on together. <laughs> I think that'd be such an amazing episode. Oh, the, her and Haley. Yeah. Oh yeah, Haley has done Ooh, an amazing job of like taking that taking that energy, mm-hmm. the energy of the of the existing performance, and yet having it have its own swag. Right. Mm-hmm. It's hard because you have to honor what you honor what was done before. Yeah, kind of yeah. like what Makai has to do. Yeah. yeah, but I think sometimes you do it. I've yeah, seen, in a way, I, yeah. yeah. In I've a way, seen, I do. Yeah, I've seen... Definitely. I've definitely seen Omari-isms that have yeah. crept in there, which I love. It's like yeah. always... <laughs> it's like you want to have that just... Because we can't avoid right. being like our parents. Like, that's the great tragedy and the great promise of being a always, human being. Yeah, I always kept that in the back of my mind, too. Like, Because obviously, like, the people, they love ghosts. And, like, obviously, I wanted to be, like... I wanted them to feel familiar with, like, you know... Obviously, they're familiar with Tariq, but... I wanted to bring like a little pieces of ghosts into the show so they could be like so they could feel like familiar with it and I guess I'm kind of doing it. <laughs> you are, you are. I mean, it's, and the thing it's it's weird. It's like I've watched you transform into Tariq mm-hmm. and then and it's so it's like it's just this mask. Like the the features become tight. The eyes get. You know, it's like you don't open yeah. your eyes all the way. You exactly can't see for shit anyway. Yeah. You guys know he's blind, yeah. right? He's like fully blind. blind. Yeah. He can't see anything. I can't see shit. <laughs> but, um, but just like there's this shift that comes in your face. And I, I, like, I respect it so much because it's like, oh, I can. It's almost like, oh, I can feel Tariq is in the room. Right. And I don't feel that with everybody. Not everyone. Actors are just different. But, like, not everyone is actually having to do a full transformation in right. that way. Mm-hmm. Because I think you've had an, a lovely ability to to really fully separate Michael and Tariq. Yeah. Have to. Because Tariq, man, he be going through too much. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. got to separate the two. Omari has said, said to me once, like, playing this guy is real heavy. Nah, and yeah. I've had a couple actors... I've had a couple actors on these shows. And I could just imagine for... I'm sorry to, no, to interrupt, but I could just imagine for Amari, too. It's definitely heavy because, like, he gets into it. Like, he, when, when he's in a role, he's into right. it. Like, he, he was like, working so hard and doing this beautiful work and wearing this incredibly crazy character. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, and this is for the writers who are watching it, it's like, you have to know what you're asking an actor to do. Mm-hmm. And then what you also have to let the actor in on is, like... And I am as crazy as what I'm writing. Like this is actually physically coming out of me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I am. I'm literally having to like go through the physical process of getting this out of my body and onto the page. And like mm-hmm. I'm saying these things to myself, and I'm saying like so I'm with you in a way that maybe you don't even understand. Right. Mm-hmm. But you also have to know that actors not going to know that. They're only going to know that you wrote this script and you gave it to them, and that now they have to perform that, and that's going to take work. And yeah, you have they don't to know how how deep it's coming. Like right, they don't but, know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, you know, I mean, I, I like, so much of me is in all of these characters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, I think that was, um, I remember him being like, CK, CK, mm-hmm. like, is too, is too, this is so, this is a weight, man. And I'm like, yeah, it is. It is, and I'm sorry. Right. It is. I know that it is. Yeah. And I feel like, she wouldn't say it this way, but I feel like playing Tasha the year she was in jail was really hard. Oh, hell You know, yeah. that's, that's fucking hard. Naturi yeah. would never complain like that, but mm. I just feel like she just, she definitely mm. did such beautiful work. Because we took a she lot of her tools shit. away. Right, you can't get so glammed everything. up with yeah. fun, yeah, lashes, yeah, exactly. makeup, fly-ass outfits. Like, all of that was out the window. It was just straight 
Tasha, like. Yeah, but that was fun to write in 103 when she got to be back in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the for the for the trial, like the, the mock the, trial. The mock right. trial, and then yeah. being able to write that exchange between her and Quincy. You know, she Quincy Bernstein, yeah. who um, played Tanika, shit. who I went to college with. She's the shit. Did you? Yeah, I wrote the part for her. I did not know that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, That's I, I, I love actors. Yeah, like, right. I, I just, I, I, that part of the job is really fun right. for me because I, I just love to be able to write for the person. Like, mm. Brayden expanded as you were like, okay, boom, I can improv this and that and that. And you said the other day, it's like, it is, you have to get the plot points, right? right? So the serious stuff always has to be the same, but the comedy can be whatever it is. Right. And so I have fun being like, oh, I see these two comedic talents. Let me push them into a scene together. Right. But then sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you get a scene, but it's like a deeper version of it because comedians, funny people, like I said, they're always angry. Mm -hmm. So I have this, I got, I got to get one scene between Shane and Joe Shakura. Mm -hmm. Only one, really. But it really worked because they're both like they're both really funny people. But it was like there was like it was scary. I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about because there's all this there's ability to improv on both sides. Right. So you get two people who are able to like kind of play tennis, but they can play tennis in the dark or in the light, right. and it's really cool. Yeah, a lot of the traps that people can get in when they're improving is there. How do I make this about me? How do I make this? It's like no, you have to serve the story first yeah. and change the jokes. That that's the funny part that doesn't need to be, you know, anything that's serving the story. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, people get into that thing where they're trying to, oh, I want more lines, I want more of this, and, like, that's where you get in the fall of, like, someone tells you, please don't change the lines, you know what I mean? <laughs> as opposed to you being like, no, I have the lines, I have the story, I just want to make this as funny as it possibly can be and give them options. I also think, to yes and that, I... I always had a system from the beginning of a table read where people were like encouraged to pitch their own material, right. like I in love the which, read. Which you have been t so open about, and that's what happens every table read. Literally yeah. every table read, she's like, "I got my, I got everything ready. I'm gonna note everything y'all improv." So. Have fun. I'll, I'll know if I say something funny or good. Mm. I'll literally just see, like, because now we do it on Zoom, unfortunately, but I'll literally see Courtney just, like, start laughing with no with no thing, and then you'll just see the top of her head because she's writing it down. <laughs> I'm like, and I'll just go, fuck yeah. But it's, you know, it's, and I, we don't do it in, in person anymore, but, like, I would Miss literally course. be writing the whole time. Right, yeah, that's a fact. And so it's, like, I think people... A, a trap that people can, especially younger writers, can fall into is they have to say my words. No, right. they don't. Mm. You have to have, because a script is actually not, we don't, we rarely win an award for a script. Right. And the audience never sees it. The audience sees the episode. Do you want your script honored or do you want the best episode? Right. The best episode is going to come from it being, this is a collaborative medium. TV is a team sport. Right. And exactly. you have to be on the team. And if you're not on the team, then you're off the team. And as the showrunner, you can be off the team. You can be literally doing your own thing. And it's like, well, the actors will figure it out. No, come together and right. do it. And that's the point of the table read. It's like, I think that there are people who don't do them. And I never have understood it. Because it's like, this is how the whole company sees each other. Because mm -hmm. it used to be, we never saw each other, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Literally, never. We never. And then, obviously, you know, there's people that we don't have any scenes with for the whole season. So, like, we don't see them at all when right. we're filming. So, like, Tabor in person, Tabor is like everyone comes together. Like, I say this shit all the time. It's like family reunion. Like, we get to see everybody. Right. The food be fire. 
We'd be chilling. Luckily, we're a close cast. We hang out anyways. But yeah, yeah it'd be tough if we, you know, I would never really see like Latoya. You know what I mean? Like, there's some people that I just won't see because mm. I'm like, this is upsetting. You know? Yeah, but no luckily, we're, we're we're all close. But yeah, I, I can't wait to go back to in-person table reads. Neat that those. 601 table read mm. for Power mm. was probably one of the scariest moments of my life <laughs> because I was such an Entourage fan, and Jerry was there, and Fifty was there, and then you had just come up to me and, and like you were you. Work was so great, so we wrote you another part, and I literally was like, oh, like I had so much emotion, and I was just so fucking scared. I can remember it. it's like the scariest I ever, scared as I ever was in my life. And then, yeah, it just the next day we shot, and then that's when me and Michael became fucking. And yeah. Six oh one. What happened in six oh one? I literally had one line at the, ah! the episode. What at did 601. happen in six oh one? You something happened where I just said to you, I know my line was, um, I thought you didn't talk to your dad, and then you said, yeah. I don't. Something like that, we're, we're, and I was like, oh, whatever. We're, we were like playing video games together or something. Mm. Oh. At the end, but but I came in at the end of six oh one and to shoot six oh two, um, together. Right. Okay. Because five ten, Angela gets shot. Top of six oh one, she dies. Right. Mm. That's what the we're uh, damn we're. Ghost says the infamous line to Tasha. I just, I just lost the love of my life, <laughs> Tasha. <laughs> Yo, that's some respect. Yeah, that's some respect. Tasha, I just lost the love of my life. <laughs> ah, but you know, it was so it's so fun to to write stuff like that. Right. And every so often, I, I gotta give O credit because he would every so often he'd be like. Wow, this is some fucked up shit. To say. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be like, he would say it. Right, just right, trust me. Right, right. Just trust me. He's in grief. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? But also, like, <laughs> like he was mad. Right. He was mm. really mad. Like it was what happened was out of his control. And any time anything happened outside of Ghost's control, he was so rageful. Right. You know what I mean? So it was it, that. There's a couple lines that we wrote for him in season six that were particularly savage. Right. Half smart chicken head. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We had a couple of those things. Did you ever write anything like a death or like anything um, that you just you? I just don't want this to happen, but it needs to or something. Like, was there any anything? You know, there are two different. There are two different categories right. for that. One is I lost the actor. Uh -huh. So that happened with Lobos. Mm -hmm. So I would never have killed Lobos that early because mm -hmm. it was only 3.06. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was so, Enrique is a great actor. It was an incredible performance, and it was a beautiful marriage of actor and part, mm -hmm. right? When we think about Lobos, there's literally no one else who could have played him yeah, that Yeah, nobody. And again, yeah. Lobos was created to be super loose because yeah. Ghost, Fantasma, was not, you know, he mm -hmm. was so tight, right? Mm -hmm. So Lobos had this, like, fluidity, this beauty. <laughs> and um, and I guess, uh, so I didn't want to kill him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to kill Jukebox, mm -hmm. but uh, Nika was going to the quad. So she was going to be the so number one crazy. on the call sheet in the quad. That's so. so crazy to think about that. You have had to change entire story just because of an actor's schedule. Absolutely. But that yes. happens all the time. Right, it does. But people don't realize. They just go, why did why did Courtney kill Lobos? He was so great. And it's like, well, he's got to go do something else. Like People don't realize that's the... Yeah. Right. And we were getting to a point because of the way Bloodline was being scheduled, which was the show he was on, yep. we couldn't predict when we were going to have him. Mm -hmm. So if I couldn't have him and I wrote him into an episode, mm -hmm. and you know, the episodes were so um, 
all of the shows, but specifically with Power, the episodes were so episodic. Like it was so like, you know, we were we were kind of because I had to fight for the audience to come back. There was no batching or dumping or binging. Right. You know what mm, I mean? Right. It was like you had to come back for mm, it. Right. So yeah. I was doing cliffhangers and like so we needed the people. Um, so Anika and uh, and they couldn't be series regulars. Also, we just didn't have the budget for them to be series regulars. Right. I kept putting more series bu- regulars in the budget too. So that was me. But like I couldn't keep them. So those two were ones I didn't want to do and had to do. Um, I think the way we resolved the jukebox story for me that was. Now that I look back, the only way it could have happened. Mm-hmm. And had I had Anika for the whole season, I would have done something different, but it might not have been as good as what actually happened, mm-hmm. especially given this. Right. Yeah. Um, Holly was really tough. Mm-hmm. That was really rough because I really like Lucy Walters I heard a lot. she did amazing work. She did. She there. was such a terrific actress and really a good match for Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good, I mean, in the sense, like, it was well-plotted and all those things, and it worked. But that was a tough one. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy, and this is like all the different levels. I did not particularly want to write Kanan off the show. Right. One, because 50 was, he was great to have him on set. Like he was energetic (laughs) on set. Like he was so great. He was so great for morale. Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. was so good to folks. Like he would come, he knew everybody. Like he was not at all in any way like a stiff diva. He was like sort of lovely. He was a great mentor for Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, They they spent a lot of time together. And what we did uh, purposely is we tended to give Michael really strong actors to work with um, that were consistent. Right. So you tend to have the same people a mm. lot. So that was good. And I didn't necessarily want to remove that peg from it. Mm. I also felt like I had that fear as the showrunner, like if 50's not on the show anymore, will people still watch it? Right. Mm. I had that fear. But I also knew that the storytelling in that episode was strong. It was strong storytelling. And it was another, like, on the way to where Tariq needed to go. Mm. Because Tariq at that point was the only person who loved Kanan. Yeah. So he had to do violence to himself in doing that. And I thought that worked really well right. and was really nice. But I remember Hernan was like, why doesn't Kanan just shoot him? And I was like, because he, he, he wouldn't. He loves Tariq. Right. He loves Tariq. That was a crazy moment right there. But that was a tough one. That was a crazy moment. Like a tough decision to make. And then, like, when I look back on it, I'm like, uh, there might have been a different way to... There, there, are, there are a couple others where I'm like, oh, I could have done that differently. But... Um, and then there are some, like, there's some kills that I'm like, this, that was perfect. Like, right. the Sean kill mm. was perfect. The Julio kill was perfect and really beautifully so the executed. Then when they cut the tattoo right. off, um, <laughs> you know, there were a couple where I'm like, yeah, that was the right time and the right person. Oh, you know who was the right time and the right? Uh, Dre. Dre, I was going to yeah. say the yeah. same thing. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went out so crazy. satisfying. Right. Yeah. He went out crazy. Because, because there's, some, there's something Bobby said about, boy. like, when Julio died... I feel like it was early for what he could have been, but it was so much more jarring and shocking and, and interesting for the audience. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are kills like that that you're, people are like, oh, where it's like, oh, we've expect, expected that him to go. Yeah. Kind of like Dre. People were waiting for years. But it was more satisfying because he was a rat for so long. And mm-hmm. and, and those two things are related. Why did Julio die? Because Dre set him up. Right. So part of your 
joy and pleasure is that you're angry that this person took right. my my Julio away from me. Mm. Like this guy deserves to die. When is he gonna die? Right. I have people say that to me all the time. Like when is this person gonna die? And I'm mm. like. I'm doing something right. Right, right, right. right. So, so when did you let go of that fear and like, po- when is power a hit in your mind? When you um, bought your $50 million house? Or when- <laughs> I, do, I do not have a $50 million house. Thank you very much. Um, power is a hit to me. Well, we doubled our audience between 101 and 108. Wow, damn. Um, Shit. It was really interesting, I'll be honest with you. So the show was taking over the culture, mm-hmm. and I didn't really realize how well it was doing. The only thing that I knew was I was live-tweeting the episodes, and we were getting all that, like, social media kind of hits. But uh, in season one? Season wow. one, season two. Because the show was really a hit by season three, right? right? Oh, yeah. Right. But season three, what? Yeah, exactly. Season out three was, yeah, we were out of here, and we just kept going. Yeah. But the show was invisible to the town. Right. The town didn't know the show existed. So I had people saying to me, oh my God, are you working? Like I literally had like the biggest, like biggest hit on the, the on stars. Right. I mean, it was, it, it, that happened, that kept happening. And I like just try, I mean, it, it is what it is. Thank goodness, like the Image Awards started to recognize us and right. that was really fun and like, mm. and so great. But like, we were hiding in plain sight. Right. I mean, I literally would like, like we had billboards in Times Square. Mm. I mean, all over Times Square. Right. And people are like, what are you working on now? And I'm like... Just the biggest shit on stars. <laughs> yeah, but it was... So that was weird. It was like... I mean, I think things have changed a lot. Right. But uh, it was never... It was a hit with... It was kind of like... It was this massive hit, but only in like the FUBU way. Right. For us, by us. It was really weird. And, and I think sometimes for the white actors, it was even weirder. Because like... Honestly, like, they were so famous to a group of people. And then they would go, like, during the summer or whatever on hiatus and go to auditions. And people would be like, I haven't seen you on anything for a while. Right. And they'd be like, I'm on the biggest hit. <laughs> like, like, can't go outside in certain neighborhoods. Right. We'll get mobbed. Right. And yet couldn't, like, like get a peep from other places. It's so. crazy. I, I said this a couple episodes ago, but I feel like a lot of, like, the mainstream, like, uh, Tonight Shows, this, that, they don't cover power. And I'm like, but they'll they'll cover, like, some, you know, one-season show that's on, you know, Peacock or, or whatever. No shade to, to, you know, those networks. But those more mainstream, they'll just be like, yeah, come on and promote your show. And I'm like, do you realize how many people watch Power? Like, are, if if one person from our show went on, like, a found or this and that, do you know how many views that we get on YouTube from, like, this and that? But then they'll have just some random actor from some random show that they're promoting. I'm like, they're a double XL magazine, this and that. That's the stuff that we all get, but it's, like, it's kind of bullshit, in my opinion. Here's what... and. No disrespect to this person, because I think he's a really great actor. Mm-hmm. But David Harbour hosted SNL. Right. Great actor. Right. I guess it's because of Stranger Things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Literally no one from our show has ever hosted SNL. I know. I got to talk to Keenan about that. Me and Michael like, want to do it. Literally <laughs> no one. And I'm like, bro. how is it? I mean, that is not a joke that on premium cable, the show after Game of Thrones, the show that most that the most people were watching, 
was power. Was us, yeah. I said, yeah. We ain't need no fucking dragons. So, boy. like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember somebody said that at one of our table reads. Um, and it's like, if we were killed, we're killing the game. We're like a national, we're a national and international phenomenon, and we can't even get a look. Yeah, it's crazy. We can't get a look. I know. Like, nobody? None of these people are talented enough. Literally, like, I was just, I'm just like, at this point, you need to do it. Right. You need to do it. Like, somebody needs to do it. Again, again. we're going to talk to Keenan. We're going to get that done. But that's why we're <laughs> paving our own way to do our own multimedia stuff and our own stuff like this because we need to kick down the doors because, you know, people aren't going to They're not going to open it for us. Right. So we got to just shake. But how is that possible? Think about that. The two of you over here with your rollies, you know what I mean? How is it possible that we still have to kind of... <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> you are like a 22-year-old girl with a Birkin. <laughs> and, an, and an Audi R8. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> and a fresh BBL. <laughs> she can That's barely, why Michael's always sitting like this. Yeah, she can barely sit down. <laughs> but no, I, it's just, I don't, it's like, why... Why do we still have to prove ourselves? I 100% agree. And it's still there. It's like, there's still this thing. And it's like, I'm very lucky that I had a long career before this happened. Right. Because uh, for a while there, I was getting a lot of people who were like rappers being like, can you write a show for me? I'm like, I don't just write the show with the rapper in right. it. Like, I actually do other things. Right. And I was on a show called The Good Wife. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but, but then, you know, it also, 50 is a very specific type of dude. Like, this was not a show about a rapper. It wasn't right. rap adjacent. It had nothing to do with that. It was a show that was in the hip-hop culture. And his name was associated with it. And he played a part in it. But it wasn't like Kanan was rapping. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. No more than Monet is singing. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so power's a hit. And then when do the spinoffs happen? When is that, like, in your mind? When, when do those all unfold? Uh, so I actually kind of thought about the spinoffs pretty, like, relatively close to end of four, top of five mm -hmm. of power because I knew I was out of story. Right. And this is something that people always ask me, like, why couldn't power just keep going? What the fuck would, like, what would, like, what would be the, right? It's not law and order. Yeah. SVU. I was, it, I was out of story. Right. And I just think that it's really sad when a show Starts is, dragging. Like, yes, you don't yeah. You do drag shit. Right? And, it, and it gets long in the tooth and kind of, like, right. lame. Mm -hmm. and Michael like, could have became a zombie. We could have been walking dead. <laughs> we could have gotten dragons. But, like, real talk, at some point, your stakes go down because you're not killing your main character you're not right. like what am i gonna do just like play whack-a-mole with all the main characters until ghost is left by himself right so i was like there's not a lot of story to tell here and really i promised the audience dead or in jail so i'm gonna give them that mm -hmm. um and you know here's the other thing that people don't know so season six of Power was two batches because we were going to have a negotiation. Stars was going to have a negotiation with, I think, AT&T in, in January. So the, the, the ones that aired in January were designed specifically for that. So it was specific that we had to withhold. We couldn't just do the 10 episodes. We were going to withhold the who shot... JR right. of it. Do you guys know that reference? You probably don't. JR. Uh, uh, yeah, Dallas. Okay, uh -uh. so years and years ago, there was a TV show called Dallas, which is one of my favorites from when I was a kid. And uh, they shot the main character, 
and they didn't show, he didn't die, but they didn't show who did it. And it was like mm. a big thing over the summer, who shot JR. And then they decided to make it like a minor character. So they didn't have to get rid of any of the major characters. And right. I was like, that's what I'm going to do differently. Right. I'm going to have it be... The main character. Right? Mm-hmm. Patricide, baby. Right. Fucking hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they hate you. They're over it now, yeah, they, 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 kinda, they love them. They you, guys rocking the with perfect, the boy. you guys did it they perfectly. They kind of rocking with the boy a little bit. <laughs> so, but so the the thing was when pitching this, the, the first thing I pitched was I pitched the Tariq spinoff and... Uh, everyone said that'll never work, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the one I want to do, they and that's the one I, I want to do ready. first." And they thought I wasn't ready. I said, "And that's the one I'm gonna write." I was like, I "So ready. I'm doing that. I'm doing that first, and that's the one I'm writing." Then Fifty and I started talking about raising Canaan, and we called it Hoodfellas. Mm-hmm. So that's why it has like the narrative, the narration in that. And then you know, Fifty was really passionate about doing a Tommy spinoff. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, I wanted to do Influence which mm-hmm. I thought was, like, the best way to extend the uh, the Tate character. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I had, at one point, wanted to do, like, a Better Call Saul with Proctor. Oh, yeah. So cool. Which would have been so cool, <laughs> right? It would have been so, so cool. But they... <laughs> it's amazing, like... It's weird, because... Something Enrique said about... He was like, Courtney has the third eye, and I thought that was really funny. Right. But... There were things that I felt, I was like, I know how to make this into a show. And it was a really hard to see, like, that they didn't trust me. Right. And I After was like, everything that you've done. Yeah. Right. And I was like, I'm how do you it. not, how do you, okay. Right. But then they would say they did trust me, and which is how Ghost happened. Because right. everyone was like, that'll never work. That'll never work. That'll right. never work. And I was like, no, I remember I'm- I literally had a call with 50 one day. He's like, he's like, yo, Michael, they think you're not ready for this. I got a master. What? <laughs> I said, what the fuck? <laughs> I said, I bet. I'm proving him wrong. I'm proving him. He said, no, 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 no. Don't even, don't even think like that. Just listen, just listen. And look at him now. He said, just listen. Just prove me and yourself right. That's it. And I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, fuck proving him wrong. Like, whatever. I'm going to just prove myself right. Like, I could do it. So I'm going to prove myself right. And yeah. 50 be telling me some shit, man. This should be working. <laughs> he's, be he's, working. A, he's a brilliant producer. When it comes to, like, talking to actors Lord, one-on-one, he's yeah. brilliant at right. that. Because um, he's definitely talked me down off of a bunch of ledges where I've been like, <laughs> I will kill everyone. He's right. like, don't kill anyone. Right. Um, but that is real talk. Like, I was told by various sources, like, various people said to me, well, how do you know Michael can handle it? And I was thinking about, do you guys remember when Weeds was, like, the shit? Mm. There was like a son, yeah. There was a, on Showtime, and there was a son who was like, uh, who was like a big character on that. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone had given him a spinoff, no one would have asked, "Can he do it?" Right. I was like, I know Michael. I've been working with him basically his whole life. Like, trust me, mm-hmm. I know what he can do. Right. And they were like, and I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. And then basically, what I had to do in order to assuage these fears that were coming out of, like, not understanding the fan base and not understanding the storytelling was go, okay, well, we'll make sure that there are enough adult characters so adults still want to watch the show. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is dumb. Everyone likes looking at young people. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? But okay. And then it was great because then I was like, Method Man, Mary. All right, great, you know? Right, right. But the show is distinctly, like, 50 years old and 25 years old. It's, like, very distinctly two shows. And the reason it's distinctly two shows is literally because they were like, well, are people going to want to watch Tariq in college? And I was like, yes, they are, but okay. So you asked me, like, what are my favorite scenes? Yeah. One of my favorite scenes from Ghost, honestly, 
is when Tariq approaches Davis in the rotunda, mm-hmm. and he's like, what does he say, like 500K? Yeah, like 500K, liquid cash. I'm like, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. But it was just, it was such a great introduction to that character, mm-hmm. the crashing of those worlds together. And I thought that, that scene was really successful, both the scene where Tariq watches him in court and that scene where it was mm-hmm. like, this is not Method Man. Right. I need to take that away from you and I as the audience and I want you to actually see this character as part of our world. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorites. So yes. and then yeah. yeah what's, was- what's your favorite scene in power originally? If you could pick one where you would just, you know, you can only watch one power scene for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, I barely watch power. <laughs> I don't watch it. I know, but if, if like, you, you, you couldn't go back and look at any of them, you're like, I just want to keep this one for the archives, what would it be? Okay, okay. Probably, Gary Lennon wrote uh, episode 206, Why Her? Mm-hmm. And there's a scene between Ghost and Tasha in the car right after she's picked him up from his DUI. Uh-huh. And he's seen Angela. She, she saw Angela. Angela also came there. And she's like, why her? Why, like, so I was, I was just like, your second choice, like, what is it? And it's just, it's really great acting on both ends. Right. And it's really painful. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I always brings like, everything together. Yeah. With, right? I, I, I kind of really loved, I always loved the um, Omari Naturi scenes. Mm-hmm. There was something that was always like, it, it felt to me like those two people and those two characters, like Tosh, in the embodiment of those actors doing what they were doing and those characters, I felt like, I really got the pain of what marriage is like. Right. Because um, you were also going through it at that same time as well? That's, no. Stuff. Uh-uh. No? no, I didn't get divorced until season three, four. So That's why those are like, ah! ah no, totally, <laughs> totally. But uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I, there's so many I could I could pick. There's so many great scenes. Uh, there's a scene. Death by fire! <laughs> there's a yes. scene between you and Don Shea mm-hmm. where she comes in and she's in my like, room, right? in your room, yeah. And I'm like, get out of here, don't say nothing about the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another place where Tariq is starting to turn dark. His mm-hmm. sister's like, come on, Tariq. And she's he's like, Nah, bitch. Mm-hmm. Or ghost woke you up with a gun in your yeah. face. That yeah. was a really great yeah. scene. That scene was right. really That fun. scene was a meme. <laughs> that, <laughs> right. scene was, that scene you was a meme. You have a bunch of yeah, memes. Every, so many dude, memes. every time something happens that's crazy, that scene, <laughs> mm-hmm. that always comes up in, like, Twitter, like, yeah. all the time. The gun, like, <laughs> I'm looking up at the gun like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that scene right. is hilarious. But what's great about your performance in that scene is that you get angry. Mm-hmm. I don't get scared. I'm, I you know, you don't get scared, you get angry. And the thing that I think is interesting is that that's how desperate Ghost is at that mm-hmm. point. He's he, wants, that, he wants to discipline Tariq so much, he, you go that far, and he doesn't even realize, like, that's not going to... He doesn't realize he's losing his son. Yeah. Like, that, like, he's losing it. And there's this thing you do with your jaw in mm-hmm. it where it's like, I, I was telling the audience he's going to kill his father. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling them the mm-hmm. whole time. I was saying, this nigga right here is fucking up. He's fucking up his parenting. Mm-hmm. He has a choice at all these moments. He could not do this, but he doesn't do it right. And so he loses the kid. Right. That one scene in Truth where he's like, you, you, might, you, might, have, uh, you might have made me, but you were never my fucking father. After that, it was over. Right. But he put hands on your mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fact. He put hands on your mother. Fact, In fact, facts. fingertips on her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> that was, Did you write that? Did no, you? that no? was O. That, that was, was yeah, O. That was yeah. O. That yeah. was. And again, 
he did it. It was no warning for Naturi, mm-hmm. and she, just and she, like she did... She just snapped right back. Just like she did in her audition so mm-hmm. many years before. She was, like, in it. Mm-hmm. She was in it with him. It was Me and so O had scenes like that also, like the, the, the scene where we're in a hotel... And I'm telling him, tell me about Breeze and everything, and then I'll confess. Yeah. And then, um... 610, 615. Mm-hmm. And we were actually, um... We were rehearsing this shit. This wasn't even blocking or nothing. Like, this was, like, right after reading the words. And, um... He grabbed me and then he just slams me on the table and then like I just react and like and that and that just became part of the scene and that's what we ended up just using and shit was crazy. That was an intense ass scene. That was that was wild. I remember the sound it made yeah. when he put yeah. you. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And then <laughs> I was like, hold right. on now, partner. <laughs> but you know what was interesting? It's like in 610, so the 610 is in his point of view. Yes, and 615 so, is my point of view. Right, so in 610, it's like, it doesn't play as hard as it does in 615, right? Exactly. In 615, it plays like, bam! And it's like, we were trying to tell the audience, like, see what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know? Because in 610, it's like, Ghost's point of view, Ghost thinks he's doing the right thing by, you know, like, just doing what the fuck Ghost does. And then my point of view is like, this nigga buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like as a writer also, like, you don't, the person who's doing all the wrong, they never think they're really doing all the wrong. No, of right. course not. Actually, as a writer, every character is in his or her or their own positive action. Right. Mm-hmm. They're in their positive action. They're not in negative action. No one walks around being like, heh, 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 I'm right. a villain. That's why we say mustache twirling, because nobody does that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people are, like, manipulative. Mm-hmm. Which is like ghosts, right? But yeah. still for like their for for their positive, for their yeah. po- and the thing that you always have to recognize in real life is that people move toward what they think they think is their own highest good, mm. not toward their highest good. Right. Meaning, so you might be able their to see perception. what their highest good is over here, but they're going to move they toward what they see. right. They're going to move toward what they think is their highest good, and you have to separate those things out. Right. I know you're sick of this question, but so ghost is dead. We said kill. Go, Courtney, we need to know on Crew Has because, yeah, because they I, ask me, and I'd be like, "Yes, the nigga died," and they're like, "No, he's not. He's coming back." And I'm like, <laughs> "When you did that live, oh, yeah. like, no, that was so yeah. funny." Well, why like, do they ask you? I don't know. Because they did it. Because I killed him. Yeah, but like everyone else, you you killed. They asked me if Ray Ray was coming back. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean like everybody else you killed right. is dead. Was like really dead. Like yeah, everyone Katie loves ghosts. And no, but, but what they don't also what they don't understand is like when someone dies on a show, they're like, well, there was no body and ghost at the funeral and this that. And it's like, well, you have to understand like their scheduling, like maybe or there's stuff like they want to get paid for that type of specific thing. So that's mm-hmm. why there's no you know there's stuff like that that people don't even realize is the reason why that person wasn't there that day or why they don't do a voiceover. You know this that because they're like, well, he's actually because there's no voiceover because he's still alive and he's not there. It's like, well, no, probably they probably just had to pay him a lot of money to do the voiceover so that you know I don't know. Yeah. He's dead. I mean, let's hear Mew. You know, okay, so here, here's how I'm going to answer that. Right. He's dead. Right. Period. <laughs> and there is more story to tell. Agreed. So that's the issue is like, will that story ever be told? I don't know. But he is dead. Mm. Agreed. And there's more story to tell. I love that. I love that. That There's more story to tell is about to bust their heads. The people watching that, they're going to be like, what the fuck? That means he's alive, <laughs> Which is not what I said, I right? Know. That's what I'm saying. But I guarantee you somebody's going to be like, no, that means he's alive. I, I guarantee you somebody's going to be like, no. No, they always say that. I'm like, no, he's dead. Like, but, but it is also, this is the other thing. There was no ghost RIP, like, like, uh, 
asset. Right. Mm-hmm. There was no, I mean, literally, okay, so so you guys at home, like the, the RIP assets that they used to do after people yes, died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like a STARS promotional thing. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything to do with that. Not that's either. something that's separate. Like we repost them. Right. So you mm-hmm. think it, but so they just didn't make one. Right. Mm-hmm. I have been dealing with this question for a hundred years because these fools just, just didn't mm-hmm. make the asset. <laughs> right, 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 and so right. I'm like, they just didn't make the <laughs> and then they were like, well, there was no funeral. And I'm like, well, we were going to show the funeral in Ghost, right. not in... Not, and so we did do the funeral. Yeah, that was one of the... But then they're like, no body. There's like, there's no body. It's like, well, Obari was probably shooting Army of the Dead or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, right. But we didn't show a body for everyone. We didn't show Leela. Right. True. We sh- we did a lot of closed caskets. We haven't like. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, true, it's yeah. interesting. But I mean, people just wanna because it's their favorite show, so they wanna yeah. believe who's their favorite character. They wanna believe that he's you yeah. know still there, and he is in spirit. Yeah, as as Tariq goes. I mean, we get, we get a couple fan questions. For okay, yeah, no, hit me, hit me. Hit we, me. we got because I just want the you know the fans to get some questions in, and then we'll get you out of here. So we have. I, I love this question. Uh, Aaron Candence underscore said, if you could start another power book, um, any one that you wanted, what character would you do? Obviously, you said you wanted to do the Jerry one and then the um, maybe the Lobos one. What's another one that, like, is unexpected or... Because influence isn't happening? Um, well, I'm not there anymore. Right. We're going to uh, get to that. Yeah, I to so... Um, but... Uh, going back, we had I pitched them a Lobos one called Poder, Poder. Right. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah. all in Spanish. Poder. Yeah, <laughs> and like I, they were like, "Well, how would you do that?" And I'm like, "With a translator." Mm-hmm. Like I don't Literally. speak Spanish, but like multiple people on my Candido, yeah, but multiple <laughs> people in, in my crew and on my oh, writing Candido. staff speaks fluent Spanish. Like I, we could have done it, mm-hmm. and if we had done Poder when I pitched it, it would be it now. It would be like in season nine right. of that, but whatever. Um, if I was gonna do one now, honestly, when whenever Sasha was done with jukebox in this version, I would love to do jukebox like in DC, like whenever mm. that is. But yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, I don't know. I, right? I I I don't know what he's gonna do, so I I can't, I can't speak to it. Um, I never did a female though. Right. So <laughs> there's. I don't know. There's like there's like a, a six episode like limited with Elisa Marie as like a teenager that might be really really fun right. too because both of their both of her parents were taken out by this mm-hmm. right. So that, there's there's some she fun. She could be brought back in Ghost. Shit. You know yeah. that could happen as well. Yeah, yeah. Because she was in she was in she was in Ghost. She was she was in Ghost. Yeah, but I ghost. but we could bring yeah, her yeah, back. Yeah, we got right. Like when you get a little older, because she's so young. Yeah. But if you if you're in Ghost season six, like it might be really cool That'd to be have she come back like. You fucking left the back door open. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be kind of interesting, and again, this is not going to happen, so I'll just pitch it, but it would be kind of interesting if Tariq didn't recognize her. So by the time he sees her again, he right. doesn't recognize He's her, and she plays her position, like, trying to figure out what his deal is without him te- without letting him know who she is. That's interesting. See, this is why Courtney makes the big bucks. <laughs> King EJ45 asked, if Ghost would have survived, what would his life be like now? Um, I feel like it would be kind of boring. Well, in the in the version that we were writing, if Ghost lived, theoretically, he would have made it to the lieutenant governor's office, mm-hmm. right? So he would have moved to Albany. Tariq would have gone to jail, right? Free Reek. Free Reek, <laughs> exactly. Um, he probably would be remarried to Ramona and living his best life in a way. Mm. Um, and you know who would probably have a much better life is Yaz. Yasmin, yes. Yasmin, Yasmin would 100%. be doing way better. Tariq, maybe not. 
probably wouldn't be matriculating at an Ivy League school, but Yaz yeah. would probably be in a much better situation. I wonder what. Yeah, he would be in jail, come out after a few. Yeah. Yaz yeah. would probably not even remember Reina at this point. Mm. So, yeah. But you know. That'd be... Yeah, that would have been tough. That's that's a version. It would have been depressing if Ghost so would have been alive. It's not still. the version. We but could it's literally. A I could talk to you for forty five hours about this. We definitely want to have you on again. But so so right now, you just signed a six trillion dollar on deal with Netflix. <laughs> so um, that you're over at Netflix six, and you're developing there. Six trillion dollars. <laughs> all I, I need that, is a dollar. That's yeah. Wait wait wait. Is that all the fan questions you're gonna ask me? Uh, well, you answered literally like all of them. All of them. Uh, the ones that I felt like okay. everyone to, we all touched that's on. What else? That's what else. Um, if you want to go on the Instagram, it's a lot. Michael can go through it. But no, no, I, no, no, it's okay. I just, I just wanted to make sure that the fans get what they well, need. I literally the circled like seven of them, and we all were like, "Oh, if this person had a spinoff, this person." Okay, so yeah, we yeah. kind of cover them all, which I knew we wanted to cover anyways. Okay, cool. Um, no problem. But yeah, so so you're over at Netflix. I am. And you're developing over there, and you're uh-huh. writing your own stuff. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I can't wait. What, can you say anything that you're working on next? Or I can't. In fact, I was at a I was at a, a thing, and uh, my boss, one of my bosses, uh, Peter Friedlander, was there, and I was like, "Can I say anything publicly about anything I'm doing?" And he was like, "Nope." <laughs> so I'm. It, what I can say is that I'm developing a lot of stuff with female leads right Amazing. now, which is Fire. really fun. Right. And I'm getting to do, I'm getting to write. I think the thing that was really difficult by the end of my time at Lionsgate is that I wasn't writing as much. Right. Like literally getting in there with a like open Apple N, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like command N on final draft. Like mm-hmm. I miss that. Like I'm right. a writer. Yeah. And it's hard. Writing is hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like if, by oh, the way, if so you're fun. at home and you're writing and you, it's hard and you think maybe I shouldn't be doing it because it's hard, it's hard for me. Right. It's hard for anybody, and anyone who tells you that it's easy for them is lying or not very good. Right. Yeah. Like, people who are not very good have an easy time doing shit because it doesn't have to be perfect. But I'm insane, and it has to be perfect. Right, so, yeah. 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 Like, I would go, seasons three and four, one, two, three, and four, I would go through the power scripts, like, with, you know, with a pen and just like, okay, do I want a pause? Do I want an M dash? Do I want ellipses here? Like literally go through and like figure out if the punctuation was right. Like just delivering. Right. You know, delivering. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, yeah. we are so excited to see what you have next. So you're involved in Ghost season three, but after that, I mean, it's not. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm. Listen, I will always be involved in some way, right. but like it's. Once I start full time show running the right. Netflix stuff, I'm gonna disappear in a pop. Please smoke. still come to the table reads. I'll cry. Yeah, I'll cry. <laughs> I'll cry. I miss you guys so much. Like you have no idea. Uh oh. Michael, I'm, please I'm, don't cry. I'm gonna cry. It's raining. Are you having a moment? <laughs> a little something like that. <laughs> I, see, I want you all to see this because Tariq does not cry. Right. But Rainy over here is soft. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's a lover. He's a lover. <laughs> Courtney's my mom. Y'all gotta understand. She literally known me since I was eleven. Like, and she's seen me grow, progress as an artist, as a man, as a young man. Like, it's crazy. So it's like, damn. I wow. admire you though, because a lot of people in your position would be so awful. They'd be mean, they'd be childish, they'd be, they wouldn't be about building a business. Right. They'd be just like CEO boys, baby. Yeah, fucking off their money. Do you know what I mean? People would be not trying to expand. You know, I remember you several years ago trying to talk to me about crypto. And I was like, blah, what? <laughs> nah, wah, yeah. wah. 
Yeah. I wish I skipped that conversation, Michael, because I good. bought a it's shit not too ton good of it. right now, honestly. Uh, I bought a shit ton of it a couple months ago. Now I'm fucked. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Courtney, I'm going to have to live in your pool house, all right? <laughs> we'll be back in two months. <laughs> Ethereum, Bitcoin soon go back up. Just buy more. It's on sale. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is, I'm I'm really getting to do stuff that I, like, I need to do for my right. next phase, but um, like I'm working on a feature, which is really nice. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I have my own little uh, ideas of what I want to do with the two of you right. at some point. Right. So yeah, I have like, I have, it's fun. It's fun to think about other things, but I'm so grateful for everything that happened with power. I'm grateful <laughs> to Stars and to Lionsgate for like the support and, and I'm really grateful that you guys trusted me to Hell, like jump into me. this. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a tough career. Right. Super. You know? And, and super, super. And, and, and that, that's the thing with, like, the networks is, like, you you went off, you did what you did with Stars, you did what you did with Lionsgate, and then, like, sometimes people just don't see eye to eye, and that's fine, that's the business, that's every business. And creatively, a lot of people love their, they get so, like, me, I'm like, no, that that's not the, and then later down the line, you're like, okay, you know? So that's sometimes what happens in this business, and, you, you know? We're just gonna move forward. Yeah, I couldn't. Going. I couldn't, from my, just, like, really what happened, like, was that I was... Once we got all three shows on the air at once, I wasn't doing any writing. I was doing like air traffic control, and mm, I was talking right. about budgets and doing. And I don't want to do that. I like actually really do, yeah, no, I didn't. I don't want to be a mini studio right. in that way. I really don't. I want to write right, stuff. Right. And I love that about because it, it's the creative that you yeah, kind of get out of. Yeah, like right? I'm. I'm so excited to talk to people about character and plot and why you make decisions and like just to wrap that up. So I would. Cool I would say like one of the last things I definitely want to say is like if you're at home and you're writing a pilot. Remember that character dictates plot and plot doesn't dictate character. So if right. you have if you have a thing that you want to see your character do, work backwards. Like build your character and then let them do stuff. Mm. As opposed to building your plot and the beats that you want and then fitting in your character. Like, oh into yeah, that. I want the character right. to do this. Yeah, exactly. Make the character and be like, oh, I want the universe to read. What is it, Gianni? Like I just I love you and I'm I really am grateful for everything you've done for yeah. me and you're my favorite person on the world in the world. Yes. Oh, you guys are my, my favorites too. Change my fucking life. I, um no, I just I love these two so much and I, I just I'm so grateful that all of this has happened. It's um, crazy. And so it's yeah. Crazy. And yeah. I'm wearing my day one sweatshirt. Like yes. you did the first the yes. first time. That's the OG right there. Yeah, November. I was 18th, literally about to wear my kicks too, but my, all my stuff is all over the place. Oh yeah, the season six kicks. Yes, yep. season yeah. six kicks. Mine are like a half size too small, so they hurt my feet. But <laughs> they are. Just uh, take the solo. I also don't even want to wear them because I just want to like. I literally have them in the box, like right. in like some like you know like. You know what I realized like maybe a year ago. Like that, you we should have given everybody two pair. I would have liked that. One to wear <laughs> and one to keep. Right. You know, but it's cool though, cause like when you keep you keep it for for like a long time, and then you like wear them after a long time. Like, oh, this is my first time wearing them. Like, it feels like right. it feels like you win like fifty million dollars on your feet. <laughs> are we are we on a on a sneakerhead show now? Is that yeah. what we are? <laughs> something, you it know. Can be anything you want. Got, nice, got some nice dunks on today. Oh, Everyone, are, please follow Courtney Kemp on Instagram. She drops knowledge, everything. Yeah, um, if you want to be a writer and shit, make sure you follow yeah. at Courtney Kemp on Instagram. <laughs> She's a genius. Yes. Um, is there our, anything that you want to plug? I do want to plug our crew, all yes. of our crews. Yes. I just yes. want to say, like, one of the things that made, made me so excited about this podcast is that it's, a, it's like a formal love letter shout out to our crew. Yes. And like, we would not, we wouldn't be able to exist. This was a no. hard, this was a hard winter show. Power what? was a winter show for what? a really long time. Right. It was cold. It was snowy. People were out in the rain. Don't and no, that came scene. Standing by the uh, time by the to unlock your dressing room every couple. Oh my god, it's crazy. What? Yeah, they, they don't. Yeah, no, yeah. That scene when when we killed Kanan. 
A lot of people actually got sick that day. It was fucking like like raining. It was horrible. Yeah, Far Rockaway was freezing, bro. It was crazy. Even Fifty got sick as all that day. But I've I've never seen a crew love a showrunner like everyone loves you yeah. when you come to set. Yeah. Because a lot of times a showrunner yeah. comes to set and everyone's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But like everyone is different. Genuinely like, loves you. It's when like you when it's like someone like a like a boss comes to set is like, right. It's like oh my god, we gotta. Right. But when Courtney comes to set, it's like. Courtney's here. Right. Let's have some more fun. Right. Like right. you know, it's like it's it's way different. You you bring like comfort when you come to set. It's not like oh shit, we gotta, you know. It, it makes us like very comfortable. Right. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> the idea is that we're all in it together. Yes, it's Agreed. a team sport. You, just like you say, you can't do you can't do none of this shit without a team. So yeah, I mean the quarterback can be great, but if he throws the ball and there's nobody there to catch it. Exactly. You know, yeah. Intentional grounding, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Courtney, she has a lot of stuff coming out. Um, we're super excited. Goat. And uh, she literally created the power universe where everything you guys watch is because it's of because this of C-K. woman. Yes. I'll be back. She will. Oh, yeah, and we want to do some type of thing for season three of Ghosts. We're still in negotiation with her team. She mm. um, she packs a heavy budget. But, uh, <laughs> we're trying to figure out something that, you know, Courtney can talk to you guys weekly and explain, you know, this and that. So, but yes. Yeah. You guys just had an amazing conversation with the GOAT. Go yeah. Follow Michael Rainey Jr. on oh, yeah. Instagram. Michael Rainey Jr. on Instagram. Where's 22 on Instagram? Twitter. Um, NFTs are out. Um, lounge in Jamaica. If you're visiting Kingston, Jamaica, 7 Trafalgar Road, go pull up, have some fun. I might be there if you go. <laughs> Again, I don't got nothing cool like that. Maybe just like look at my TikToks or something like that. <laughs> but I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Michael the crew has it. <laughs> With the goat, Courtney Kemp, we out. Yeah. Yay! Fire. That was so much that was fun. Perfect timing too. He, <laughs> yeah. he snapped that shit as soon Courtney, as this late. Thank you so much. That was so much, much fun. Was that good? It no, was that was incredible. amazing. What do you mean? That was I amazing. don't know. That's so funny. She's such a perfectionist. She's like, was it, that good? Even in the middle of it, I'm like literally sitting there with my jaw on the ground.